I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. There's no dynamic duo joining me this week there's no triumphant trio i just thought of that it's just a dynamic duo i guess i guess there is still a dynamic duo it's me jeff harbin and brian anthony davis the og the original brian how are you this afternoon and evening does that make me the original gangster, original guy, old guy, or original godfather, or original geek? <laughs> it could be whatever you want. I think you would actually fit into most of those categories that you just described. So whatever you want to run with today, my friend, is it's up to you. Because <laughs> I know uh, Ramon Foster uses OG a lot, too. And so, you know, I love it. Plus, there's that show now with uh, yes. Tracy Morgan, the great Tracy Morgan called... The OG. Absolutely. So I think that's supposed to be original gangster. But that's yes, good it, stuff, though. So whatever you want to call yourself tonight is fine with me. And we have a we again, a Steeler fans. It's a blessing and a curse. You know, um, Steeler fans are sick of Antonio Brown. They're sick of Le'Veon Bell. They're sick of the drama. But as someone that runs a website and someone that wants to do podcasts throughout the offseason, I love it. I got to say, I love it. It's the. The soap opera that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, like sand through the hourglass, so are the days of Steelers' lives. That's what it feels like every single day when I log on to my computer and get on Twitter. And Brian, we have a lot to talk about. Kevin Colbert spoke again at the NFL Scouting Combine this week. It was on Wednesday. What did you think of what he said? What did you think of anything that has happened regarding the Steelers this past week? Well, I got to tell you, when Kevin Colbert starts speaking now, I got to get nervous, too, just when Antonio Brown keeps on speaking. I, you know, really, at this point, until a trade is done, I think everybody needs to stop talking. Just, nope, just zip it. Duct tape over the mouth. I, I don't care, because at this point, you know, everybody's hurting trade chances every time they talk, because for me, when... Last week, and this wasn't just the second time he talked, the first time he talked, when he did the infamous 52 kids reference, that kind of hurt things. Now, Antonio Brown, to me, has a scapegoat. He's able to go ahead and, like he did, he went on uh, he went on national television or a national website last night and uh, had an interview and said, well, that's what I was telling you all along. That's the problem. And my worry is that when you have somebody as short-sighted as Antonio Brown that is just looking straight ahead and like, okay, this is what I know. And he's just going to jump onto this. Well, 
potential free agents will other people jump on and think that there's a problem going on in Pittsburgh because every time you turn around there is a Maurice Jones true there is a Deion Sanders there's there's a James Harrison just somebody jumping into Antonio Brown's corner so is this going to be a tough destination to go to and does uh Kevin Colbert really need to curb it with that kind of stuff yeah, Lance Williams on his show, uh, yeah, I said it two weeks ago, did one that was labeled as silence is golden. And it, it's basically talked about what you just mentioned with sometimes you just need to shut up. I mean, and the Steelers need to do that. Now, Kevin Colbert can't help that he has a media availability and that they're peppering him with questions. Uh, he can't pull a Drew Rosenhaus and just say, yeah, next question. He has to say something. Now, should he always say what he says? Probably not, but he's trying to he's doing his part within the trade dance, the song and dance. He's trying to make it sound that they we're not going to take a lesser offer just because Antonio Brown's acting like a fool right now. And we're going to get what we want for him. And if we don't, we're going to keep him. And he has to say that because you don't want to get a low ball offer. I guarantee you teams have called the Steelers. I guarantee you. They said, Hey, what are you thinking? And he's probably saying, look, we're looking for a one and more. And they're thinking, hey, there's no way. This guy's a pain in the butt. And Antonio Brown can be a pain in the butt, but he's also a heck of a football player. This is all maneuvering, in my opinion. And plus, any anyone that's putting stock into the, um, well, you know, John Lynch today from the 49ers, he had his media session at the Combine, and he said that, they have not been in contact with the Steelers. He can't say that they've been in contact with the Steelers or else it's tampering. And then the NFL can get involved and the NFL can negate any potential trade and they can find teams and he can't say anything. So don't put too much stock into that. Antonio Brown has his teams that are interested and I think the deal is going to get done. It's going to be interesting though that he's going public finally. Uh, this Saturday, he mentioned that he's go had an interview. He's going to do an open interview with, with ESPN. It's already been recorded. It's going to air on Saturday. I'm not sure the time. If someone's in the live chat on YouTube and you know what time that's going to run, uh, please let us know uh, so I can tell the audience. I just don't know what it is, but it is on Saturday. And they, they shared a little snippet of it today, and it was very interesting. He had... Um, some very candid remarks about Kevin Colbert and the uh, culture of the Steelers. It'll be interesting to hear what his side is uh, and whether it's going to help hurt or be indifferent. He's also going on uh, LeBron James's HBO show. Uh, I wish I knew the name of it. That's where they're all sitting in like the, uh, the barber shop and they're just talking. Uh, and he was very open about a lot of things there about how, you know, once he wants to become himself, uh, people turn on him and all this stuff. So this is far from over. It's far from over. But Brian, the the thing that I liked this week uh, that wasn't related to Antonio Brown was they talked about Ryan Shazier. Uh, they said that uh, Kevin Colbert said they do intend to keep him on the roster, even though he's not going to play in 2019. Um, I, the way he talked is that, if if he keeps progressing the way he is, 2020, they'll see where, where he is, but they want to get him under contract. That's what I was hoping for. It kind of restores it restores humanity in me because this is what, something that I would expect the Steelers to do. I would expect the Steelers to say, look, 
you're our guy. We're not going to let anything happen to you. We're going to make sure you're taken care of. And that's what it sounds like they're going to do. And also, we talked about the tight ends a few weeks ago. Jesse James is going to get to explore free agency, and there's supposedly some teams interested, the Buffalo Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Brian, what are your thoughts on any of that stuff? Well, first and foremost, Ryan Shazier, that warms my heart as well. And here's the thing. I was just talking about um, short-sightedness and uh, maybe uh, free agents worried about uh, coming to Pittsburgh because of the way they take care of the the players. But uh, your comment on that just reminded me that, you know, that's how you take care of players. And any player outside could look at that instead of the right the Antonio Brown situation and see that uh, they're going to take care of genuine players that want to be there and uh, that aren't out for themselves and Ryan Chazier was never a player that has been out for himself as far as Jesse James goes you know let them ex- they will let him explore free agency if he can get a better deal then God bless him I I hope he does I hope he cashes in because this might be his only opportunity to cash in if that happens, I, you know, I would, uh, I would shake his hand if I was management and say, Hey, if you ever need anything, let us know. I mean, that's a great offer because they already have a number one guy. Um, you know, Jesse and, uh, and Vance McDonald together were one and in, in one a, um, they made a heck of a tight end with their combined stats. But if you go ahead and take a look at, uh, Jesse James opportunities, he's a number one elsewhere all alone. He could be a complete starter, and he can get a great opportunity. So, I mean, I definitely think that's great, and I'm I'm glad he mentioned that too. So, it's kind of a little bit of a state of the union where what we're looking at and going to be looking at in the next couple of weeks when free agency opens um, on the 13th. It's going to be really interesting, and like you said at the beginning of the show, guys like Antonio Brown, these Kevin Colbert comments, we always have something to talk about on what's on the eve of march 1st it's a great thing (laughs) yeah uh sadly sometimes the things we have to talk about are not that great and kudos to thomas white who's in our live chat right now who mentioned that you know another good thing that happened is that juju smith schuster started his own foundation which is going to benefit kids um i haven't done a lot about i haven't i haven't read the actual press release about who it's benefiting, where it's benefiting, how they're going to raise money or anything like that. But he did start his own foundation. It is going to benefit children. And kudos. That's good. Sometimes I like to talk about good news and not always just the Antonio Brown, Kevin Colbert, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Mike Tomlin nonsense. So um, kudos to that there. Now let's get right into our next segment. This is normally Dave's segment. Dave is not here. He is laying in a hammock, literally somewhere down i think in florida and here we are and brian you're going to take over the stat geek duties for this week why don't you go ahead in your you and your darmani dawson jersey and uh you know god bless him uh dave tried whatever he could he really tried to get on the show tonight uh the connection just wasn't great but uh he he was all ready to do it so, so i hope i could go Excuse me. I hope I can go ahead and and do him justice because those are very big shoes to fill, both literally and figuratively, I guess. Um, So let's talk about linebackers. Since we're talking about linebackers this week, this player has 53 career takeaways, and they remain the highest figure ever by a non-defensive back for the Steelers. 
Who is that? Okay, so you said this. Say say the first part again. Okay, this player has 53 career takeaways. So this is just the combination of fumble recoveries and interceptions. And it remains the highest figure ever by a non-defensive back in Steeler history. And you said it's a line. Are you talking about just outside linebackers? Is any linebacker? It's let's go any linebacker. Okay. But um, I actually, you know what? This is an outside linebacker. I'm gonna say uh, Jack Ham. It is Jack Ham. Yeah. Now the, <laughs> the player. Now the player that has the highest amount of career takeaways in NFL history um, by a non-defensive back. Who is that? Oh, so this isn't just Steelers. This is in NFL history? Yes, uh, in NFL history. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, I don't know. That's wrong. Ray Lewis is number two. Ugh. Ray yeah. Lewis is number two. I just threw up in my mouth. Number one. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, clean up that taste for you with a nice minty. Also, Jack Ham. Yeah, nice, very good. <laughs> Shanka. There you go. Good. All right. That's so, a good Jack one. Ham. The, that's. Uh, I. I was really pleased to see that, and uh, I also found an article when I was looking at this. Jack Ham did not know this. Um, he found this out by watching a Sunday Night Football broadcast with Al Michaels. So had no clue that that was even a possibility. Now, we all know that James Harrison, as an outside linebacker, is the all-time sack leader in Pittsburgh with 80.5 sacks. Who did he replace? Oh, I know this. For that mantle. So who did he pass? Who did he surpass? Yes. That would be he and a, a man who also wore number 92, and that was Jason Gilden. Okay, and that was my next question. Actually, it was supposed to be my question before this. What number has the most sacks in Steeler history? And it was going to be 92. 92. Um, see, I'm not as good as this. I'm not as good as this as Dave, but, but I'm trying. So in the top 10, there's seven linebackers in the top 10 in the lead in sacks. Um we talked about uh, the number one linebacker in uh, in the top ten with takeaways being uh, Jack Ham. Um, number two is another linebacker, and it's not that hard um, if you think about it. But there's a third in there. So number two, I'm just going to not even have you guess. Number two is, of course, Jack Lambert. But there's a third linebacker in the top ten with fumble recoveries. In Steeler history, what is his name? So you're saying fumble recoveries is, is the stat we're talking about. And you're asking me just with the Steelers, not NFL history. Just for the Steelers. And it's the third person on the list? He, he is the only linebacker like, um, you said Lambert. in the top 10 in Steeler history with, with, with uh, fumble recoveries. Other than Lambert and Ham, oh so there's one more linebacker. You're killing me here with these. That's you're really confused. Okay, um, linebacker fumble recoveries. 
Uh, can you tell me what the number is? Not not the jersey number, but how many fumble recoveries they had? No. You don't have it's that. Not gonna help. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it might. I just just tell me what the number. Um, all right, you don't, you don't even have it. You know what? Right here. I never thought I'd miss Dave. I Jake had it, but here I did. <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> Listen here, bro. I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to ask that question. Uh, and I tell you what, if you if you get this right, if you get this right, I'll uh-huh. take your entire family out to dinner all uh, weekend long. I want that number. I want that number though. And we have uh, I, I, that whole family. That's a big bill. That's five kids plus two adults. Seven yeah, I, know, I I know that's <laughs> that's why I'm. I is it, don't is really it, uh, is it single digits. Do you remember? No, it's not single digits. I think it's around fifteen or I'll so. Go with, I, I I'll had go, it. I'll in... go with James Ferrier. Okay. Um, you are incorrect. Okay. And I was just about to get the number and then it popped off. Um, your second guess was probably this. You don't get the dinner, but you're right, Jeff. It was John Rieger. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is that? Oh, goodness. I think he played it. I think he played in 1953. Well, he had to play but, for uh, a while if he had all those fumbles. John... Okay. Yeah, okay. but I think he started his career in 1953. That's that's something you could go ahead and look up if you want, because that's uh, I mean, that's good stuff. John Rieger. Did you ever hear Rieger. of John Rieger? No, no. This is the first time I've ever heard his name. I could trip over him, wouldn't I? Oh, who he was. there you go. Well, there you go. That's something to look up. Now yeah. there are ten linebackers, um, ten of the top ten linebackers in sacks. In Steeler history, only one of them was a number one pick. Who was that? Top 10 linebackers in sacks. Number one overall, number one pick, first round pick. Uh, Only one in the top 10. I'm just trying to run through all these in my head. Only one in the top 10 was a number one pick. Top 10 of linebackers in sacks. Uh, see, I don't think TJ Watt has enough to be in the top 10. Because I'm thinking like Porter wasn't, Lamar Woodley wasn't, we know Harrison wasn't, Gildan wasn't. I don't think Gildan was. Clark Hagens wasn't. Gildan was not a number one pick. Okay, okay, okay. Kevin Green wasn't even drafted by the Steelers. I don't think Greg Lloyd was. He was not a number one pick either. Who? Lloyd? Kevin Green was a number two pick of the Rams okay. in 85. Okay. Um, and uh, you just mentioned Greg Lloyd was a number six pick. Yeah, he was a six um, in 87 for the Steelers. And so then you go back into the 70s. Was Ham a first round pick? What's is that? Ja- is Jack Ham is my guess. Is was he a first round draft pick out of Penn State? No, he was a number two pick as okay. well. Well, I don't know. Um, it, in the same draft, if I'm not mistaken, he was a number one, number two pick in '69, um, along with Joe Green at number one. Um, it's actually the Law Dog, Lawrence Timmons. 
Dang it. 35.5 of Mike Tomlin's tenure with the Steelers, his very first draft pick in 2007 out of Florida State. You're right. And it's an interesting thing about TJ Watt. Um, He is 20 right now. If you're looking at the uh, top 10 linebackers in sacks, um, number 31, I mean, excuse me, number 10 is Chad Brown with 31. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he is a quarter of the way to uh, James Harrison's number at 80. Hmm. And he's young. He's so really uh, young. He's, got, he's got 20 after, after two seasons. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, just uh, two more here. The 11th ranked linebacker on the list is the highest ranked linebacker to have ended his career with the Steelers on the sack list. So of the top 10, nobody in the top 10 ended their career with the Steelers. Okay. But the 11th did. But number 11 did. The 11th did. Jason Gilden did not end his career in Pittsburgh. Um, Yeah, he was number two, and he ended with his career with Jacksonville. That's what I thought. Did did Greg did Greg Lloyd play anywhere else? I don't think so. Did he? Carolina. Did, ah, dang it! He went to that Carolina. Was, that was my guess. So who is it? I it's actually a guy you mentioned before. He did not start his career in Pittsburgh, but he ended his career. James Potts Barrier. Mm, yeah, you're right. He started off in New York for the Jets. He was drafted by the Jets out of Virginia. Okay. And what's your last question here? Now these are. These are linebackers in the uh, these are linebackers in the top ten. The two other players in the top ten in sacks that were not linebackers were Aaron Smith and Cam Hayward. They ended their career with Pittsburgh. And finally, linebackers with the most Pro Bowls in Pittsburgh Steeler history. I mean, they're pretty obvious. The number one would be uh, Lambert with nine. Jack Ham would be number two with eight. And there's a third linebacker who we have not mentioned tonight. Um, has seven Pro Bowls under his belt, and that's for third all time, as far as linebackers go. Seven Pro Bowls. You already said Lambert and Ham. Seven Pro Bowls. And this is cumulative, or is this all with Pittsburgh? It's actually all with Pittsburgh. Wow. See, I don't think Ferrier was there long enough, nor did he have that many Pro Bowl nods. Oh, gosh. James Harrison. This guy did not wear a linebacker typical number. I don't know. Tell me what it is. Andy Russell. Oh, there you go. He had seven Pro Bowl nods. He had he had seven Pro Bowls. Yep. Wow. But there's uh there's my best attempt to uh, go ahead and that was pretty uh, good and fill in for the stat geek. Let me just say that in the live chat right now, a lot of people for some reason are talking about Levon Kirkland and. We, we're not talking about inside linebackers, Dave. We're going to talk about outside linebackers. But let me just say that that guy was such a freak. 
he was probably six. Well, he wasn't that tall, I don't think. I was six two. He was thick. But boy, that guy could run down running backs. He was number ninety nine. Man, I remember watching those teams. He and Chad Brown. That was the that were those were the teams of my youth. I know we talked about this before. Like when I was a kid, like that was the first team that I really that Blitzburg defense so good. I always loved watching Levon Kirkland play the game. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's get into some outside linebacker talk now, Brian. We're talking about a position that is notorious for the Pittsburgh Steelers because everyone always thinks about those bookend rushers they think about those guys coming off the edge, harassing the quarterback, strip sacks, James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, Joey Porter, Clark Hagans. I could keep going. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, and now you have a very strange situation. In last season, 2018, the Steelers only carried three outside linebackers on their roster, and that was the starters, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, and then Anthony Chiquillo. Anthony Chiquillo will be a free agent. We're going to talk about that in a second. That's it. Now, they did activate Ola Adenye later in the season. He was on injured reserve. He after uh, injuring, I believe, a hamstring in the preseason, in the final preseason game. My goodness, I've never re- I can never remember a team being this thin at outside linebacker. Here we have a situation where Bud Dupree is going to be back. I don't think they're going to pick up um, his fit. They they picked up his fifth year option, but I don't think they're going to utilize it. He would make like nine point five million dollars. I don't think they're willing to pay him that. I think they want to make maybe work out another deal that can save some cap space with with Bud Dupree. But I think they want him back. T.J. Watt's still on his rookie deal. He's not going anywhere. But Anthony Shaquille is a free agent. Brian, just as a state of affairs, what do you think about the Steelers' outside linebackers right now? One injury away from complete decimation. What happens if something happens to a TJ Watt? You know, and then you're going with right now, and Chicolo's a free agent, and then you're going with a guy like um, Bud Dupree and then a very untested Ola Denny on the other side, and you're looking for somebody off of the streets. It's a, it's a very dangerous situation right now, and I've never really seen they've been so strong outside linebackers over the year. Listen, listen to the cast of characters that you just mentioned, and there's a few that you didn't. And now, right now, we're talking about Dupree and Watt, and I really think Watt has a great future. Um, Dupree, he's got a lot to prove, but you know, what if Dupree's your number one? What are you going to do? Like call Jarvis Jones, ask him to come back. No, it's, no Brian, it, I, I, it's I, a sorry state of affairs. I hate to, I hate to interrupt you here, but I don't know what we would do without Dave. I really don't because Dave just notified me via the, the live chat because he's he's watching the show that we did the outside linebacker group two weeks ago, and so I just did a quick search and. 
Well, I'll be darned. We did it two weeks ago. So, you know, I thought we did. <laughs> I thought we did. Yeah. And then when I looked up to Grace when scales, I texted you, when I, texted I got you, a little nervous. When I texted you earlier and I said, let's do outside linebackers, you said, that's what I was prepared for. And I'm thinking, that's sweet. We're ready to go. And now all of a sudden, here we are on the fly. Let's I do thought... it. Hey, let's do inside linebacker. I can do it. You're ready. That's let's how do it. personal we are. That's we're right. Personal enough to do inside linebacker. We're going to do inside let's, linebacker. Let's show it off. Yeah, screw you, Dave Schofield. We're doing inside linebacker. All right, how about that? Uh, Can you cut that part in post? <laughs> Can you go and clip it and clip it, and then we'll look really good? Uh, no, we don't look good right now. We look awful, but we're still going to talk about inside <laughs> linebackers. This is another position that is another one I think is really thin. You have LJ Ford is set to be a free agent. They signed John Bostic last year, who I feel is a pretty good base three, four line inside linebacker, but they don't run their base defense that often less than 25% of the time they run their base defense. It's a sub package team. Vince Williams. I'm not sure if you would say he had a, if his 2018 was better than his 2017, 2017, he should have had double digit sack totals and he, he was injured. He missed his first game ever in his career last season. Um, and then you have guys like Tyler Matikavich behind them. This is a position of me. Now, I did my Steelers burning question episode last night, and I spoke about this specifically. And I said that I felt this was the greatest team need for the Steelers this offseason, period. And I said because I think that if you look at the gaping hole left by Ryan Chazier, and you look at, oh my goodness, what in the world, they just have never been able to fill that spot, that role, that void, that gigantic crater of when he when he got hurt. And so I think this is where they need to go out and get a free agent. And you know, a lot of people say like CJ Mosley. Well, will he get to free agency? I don't know. I don't think he will. But if he does, if I'm the Steelers, I'm I'm gonna make a play. And everyone says, well, they don't go after big, big names like that. They did with Donta Hightower a few years ago. They didn't win that sweepstakes. He went back to New England. But at the same time, they were close. They had Donta Hightower in their facility. They were offering him a contract. He just chose to go back to New England. If I'm the Steelers and a player like CJ Mosley's out there, I'm trying to get him because I feel this is a position, and Brian, you can answer this question here. I feel like this is a position you're better off getting a free agent that has experience and going with a rookie. Not that these rookies are, you know, <clears throat> not that they're not good and not that they don't have a player that can come in and play right away, but can they get a guy that can run the defense, do all the calls, be that cog, that key cog in the middle at 20? I'm not so sure. Brian, what are your thoughts? Well, I have a few thoughts. First and foremost, I guess you just don't have any confidence in Keith Kelsey or David Spillane because they're also inside linebackers on the roster, Who? on the 90-man roster. So, I mean, I wait, 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 wait. Keith Who? Kelsey and David Spillane. <laughs> Do I have yeah. to say it again? <laughs> okay. It's no Frank Webb, but it's Keith Kelsey and it's David Spillane. And they have feelings too, Jeffrey Hartman. I'm just telling you that right now. Um <laughs> here's the deal. I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, go out and look at free agents. The Ravens have a very interesting situation at linebacker. All four of their starting linebackers are free agents in some way. Um, you know, Mosley is an unrestricted free, H, 
free agent. The guy I can never pronounce his name. Um, Patrick Uno Wasor or whatever his name is. If you know who I'm talking about, he looked really good at the end of the season in the playoffs. The guy was a stud at the end of the season. Uno Wasor, U-N-A-W-A-S-O-R. Um, he's out there um, as well, but he's a restricted free agent. The guys on the ends are free agents, so they've got a lot of guys to sign. Um, I would think that uh, Mosley could be a guy that goes, actually. Um you're going to have to let somebody go linebackers. They're actually looking at bringing back T sizzle to Suggs. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens there. You have Zadarius Smith, who's also a, uh, a good outside linebacker, but uh, he's a younger guy. They might want to keep him too. So a guy like Mosley could be the odd man out in the charm city. So, I mean, that could quite be a possibility. There's another restricted free agent that if you watch the playoffs, watch the Super Bowl, um, his name was uh, Corey Littleton. Guy was all over the place. That's, that's a guy that uh, some team could possibly make a play for. That'd be interesting as well. But, when you're talking about the guys available in the draft, and you said, could we get somebody at 20? I think it's possible. Um, you know, we always talk about in Pittsburgh stairway to seven. So for me, when I'm talking about the first round draft pick, I'm going stairway to Devin. There's two guys named Devin that I think would be fantastic for this team. It's Devin White from LSU, who they're talking about being a next Ray Lewis type of player. Um, they're actually, he's actually the uh, highest ranked linebacker. Now he's coming out as a junior. Then there's Devin Bush and Devin Bush is from the university of Michigan. He kind of reminds a lot of people of Ryan Shazier. He's that fast. He could drop into coverage. He's a, uh, he's good size, a good hitter. I mean, I'd love to see a guy like that come in. And, um, you're also forgetting that, uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the uh, podcast. Antonio Brown could still garner a number one. And if that bidding war starts starts up and you hear that, okay, two's not good enough, teams like Gruden, teams like the Panthers, I mean, Gruden in Oakland, um, teams like the Panthers, they're going to pony up if they want something. The Panthers are at 16 right now. That could be a possibility. Um a team like the Browns, I know they said they'd never do it in the division, but if that's your best best bet at number 17, you can get one of these guys. Maybe not maybe not uh, Devin uh, White, but you can get Devin Bush right in that area, and you could possibly, a lot of people haven't projected to the Steelers at 20 as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, they can go a lot of places. I'd love to see them actually do both. If they could get some depth there, because the depth is not good. They did really well with LJ Fort, but if he's gone, you're sitting there with Bostic and you're sitting there with uh with uh Williams, and you don't want dirty red anywhere near th the middle of the field unless he's on special teams. Yeah, I, I don't um I the, the draft picks you spoke of, I don't I don't know a ton about them. Uh, so I can't really speak about them individually, but I do agree that they could get free agent and draft pick at the position. And that free agent very well just could be LJ Ford. The Steelers have said that they want to bring him back. I think they'd be smart to bring him back. He's what I call a very good insurance policy. He's not a, a player that is 
going to have people saying Ryan Chazier who, but he sure is a heck of a lot better than John Bostic. And I think he fits into their scheme better as well. So I agree with you about Matikiewicz. A lot of people love Dirty Red, and I I just don't see him as being anything more than a glorified special teams player. Um, he just is not fast enough. I know that he won the Butkus Award in college. I know he racked up a ton of tackles at Temple. But, folks, he played at Temple, okay? And it's not the same as the National Football League. Can he come in if he needed to play a game or two and probably get by? Yes, but is is he your every down guy? No, no, he is not. So I had inside linebacker, and Jordan Hicks is another name from the Eagles. A lot of people don't think he's going to see free agency. They think they're going to sign him, the Eagles are. But um, for me, I just think that my question for you, Brian, is, is this the biggest need for the Steelers this, this offseason? Inside linebacker, do you put it on another position? I said in my podcast last night, not to spoil it for anybody, you can still listen. I said inside linebacker was top, top of the not, top notch, number one need. What do you think? I've been going back and forth on this, and I'm really thinking that it is now inside linebacker, and that's the best possibility. Um, I still think corner is a top need. My hope, my huge wish right now is that they can go both in the first round. They can go corner and they can go inside linebacker with two first round picks if that happens. I'm uh, I'm still thinking that that's a possibility. And the, uh, the cornerback, we'll talk more about the corners next week, but there's three guys that look really nice as far as corners out there. And one of them could fall to Pittsburgh at 20. Um, so I'm still thinking number 16, you go inside linebacker. If you're, if you're at number 16, if you're at number 15, if you're in the middle there with a pick, um, cause I really think the, the Carolina talks, I think Carolina is a huge possibility for Antonio Brown right now. So, I mean, they could be looking at uh, two picks inside the top 20 and but you go inside linebacker first at this point. Yeah, and it, 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 I, I, that's that's the tough thing about all this talk. And it was tough last night when I did my show. When you're talking about team needs, let's say for some reason they don't get what they feel is adequate compensation for Antonio Brown, and so they don't trade him. That changes the dynamic of everything. It changes your approach in free agency. It changes your approach to the NFL draft because all of a sudden wide receivers not really high on your list because as long as Antonio Brown is physically going to play, you're fine at wide receiver. Yeah. You might take one in like the day, late day two, day three, but ultimately you don't have that need. If Antonio Brown does get traded, that changes dramatically because now wide receiver skyrockets up the list. It was third on my list after cornerback and inside linebacker. I think wide receivers think about it. The receivers you have guaranteed back next year, are Juju Smith, Schuster, James Washington, and Ryan Switzer. That's it. Yeah, you might have Griffey or Ken Griffey's son, but I'm talking about real players. And that's scary. That's a scary proposition for a team that's trying to put up a lot of points. So uh, we'll talk about team needs, um, you know, as, as we get closer to the draft, as the scouting combine continues to kick off as it starts uh, tomorrow. I think tomorrow is the first day of actual testing. So, Brian, anything else to say about inside linebackers before we move on? 
Well, just to uh, wrap up that conversation we just had with a tiny little blow, to uh, find out where inside linebacker is your priority, who do you think is uh, the more valuable player on defense right now? Is it Joe Hayden or is it Vince Williams? And if that's the case, and if you're saying that Joe Hayden is more valuable as a defensive back, then you can get by with Joe Hayden leading it. I don't think you can get by with Vince Williams being your best inside linebacker. Uh, Didn't get by last year with that. No, that's a tough question because I think both of those positions are pretty, the cover is pretty bare at both positions. You have your starters, and then after that is a pretty precipitous drop afterwards. So, yeah, you have Mike Hilton, but Mike Hilton's not playing outside. He's playing the slot. He's one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league, but he's not going to play outside. So you have Joe Hayden outside. Um, Cody Sensabaugh is a free agent. I don't want to get into too much cornerback talk because we'll talk about that when we get to that position. It might be next week. Next week we might talk about inside linebackers again because that's just how we do things, Brian and I. So, um, <laughs> uh, But you have Cody Sensabaugh was your number two cornerback last year. Number two. Just think about that. Cody Sensabaugh. Brian, Cody Sensabaugh was your second best cornerback. Cam Sutton didn't play better than he did, or else he would have been playing. So I think the cupboard is really bare at both positions, and that's why, as most people in the live chat are saying, that when you talk about inside linebacker and cornerback, it's like 1 and 1A or 1A, 1B, however you want to put it. And it's probably whatever the best available prospect is at that moment available, that's who you go with. So Cody Sensabaugh, Brian. Cody freaking Sensabaugh. You know what? I mean, I just think that inside linebacker position has less depth than uh, the corner position, but that's just me. And I agree with you on the Cody Sensabaugh thing. So uh, we'll talk more about that next week. I will ask you one last thing. Are the guys on the live chat and the guys and gals on the live chat, are they liking my de- my stairway to Devin's? Because I think <laughs> Devin White and Devin Bush are two top prospects. Uh, no one said anything, so they hate it. They They think it's awful. Okay, <laughs> they hate me. That's that's cool. Let's go to something else. They said, t- "Tell tell Darmani to go." Brian's going to eat worms. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I, th- there's been a lot of news this week all across the landscape. You know, you look at um. I don't know, just weird stuff going on. I guess not that weird, but you know, Nick Foles is going to be a free agent. There's a lot of stuff going on, but that's not what people want to hear us talk about. They want to talk about. Either or. That's what they want to hear us talk about, Brian, is either or. So, I mean, is there anything else Steeler-related you want to really get into, or are we, are we just pushing on? No, but I've got a question. Do, do I get two? Either ors? Yeah, we can both do two since Dave's not here. Okay. And, uh, no, I mean, I've uh, really nothing else Steeler-wise. We've covered a whole gamut of Steeler stuff, Yeah, and I'm pretty comfortable in that. And now people are saying that they like your stairway to Devin. I don't feel like the the stairway to heaven thing is as good anymore now that the heaven now no no but I mean like the stairway to heaven or or Devin is as good because the Patriots have won six and now they're in the same situation. So like are the Patriots saying stairway to Devin as well right now? I don't know. I I I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, um. People like it. You should be happy. Brian's going to sleep better at night now, knowing that a couple people said that they like his new slogan. 
it, I'll tell you what, Brian, if, if they end up drafting one of the Devons, I will make sure that we do a BTSC shirt that says stairway to Devon and I will buy you one personally. Okay. Is that good? <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I'm going to go with a very simple either or to start us off here. And in my opinion, this is so simple. It tells me a lot about a person, a lot about a person. And it's all about ice cream. And it's so, so simple. Some might say it's black and white. It's simple. It's chocolate or vanilla, Brian. You only have those options. We're not a Dairy Queen. We're not getting blizzards. You have chocolate. You have vanilla. What are you taking? chocolate always chocolate i knew you were gonna say that we're a lot alike chocolate people that say vanilla i feel are extremely bland it's like that with cake too (laughs) see i'm not a big cake guy i'll take ice cream over cake any day of the week i'm not either but but if i have a, a choice of chocolate or um devil's food or white or whatever you want to call it i'm going chocolate it's just always chocolate now my wife who i can't wait to wake her up and tell her that she's bland she's <laughs> vanilla all the way yeah. so i'm gonna say jeff said that you were bland <laughs> and she knows where you live hartman i know, she, be does. Very I know afraid. she does yeah okay um uh, real quick sidebar so you have you said chocolate over vanilla but you said you'd take ice cream over cake, right? Yes. Is there anything that would trump ice cream for you? <sighs> you know, I don't think. I think it's a ice good, cream is a good cookie. Is the only thing that would come close. I like cookies. Gooey, a hot gooey chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, you got to be classic. You don't if need to mess around. If it's a hot. If if it's a hot chocolate chip cookie, oh, you just give me give me a huge thing of milk. I'm not much of a milk drinker, but when, when yeah. it comes to like a brownie or a hot chocolate chip cookie, and I'm going chocolate chip cookie first, I'm gulping that milk down and I'm going crazy. Okay, now here's what I want to ask you. I'm going to do my second one and let you go. Okay, now my youngest daughter, our youngest child, who's just turned eight months old, not too long ago. After she got out of the out of the bathtub tonight, I got her dressed and I put a little we have a onesie. It's it's a Beatles onesie. Okay, it says it's pink and it says the Beatles and it has the picture of them walking across Abbey Road. It's I like it. And my other kids that were older were asking about the Beatles, and I was playing them songs on Spotify about the Beatles because I love the Beatles and I choose the Beatles over most bands. And I got to think, I was like, you know, I'm gonna ask Brian tonight, Paul or John. They are they were essentially the Beatles. And most people side with one or the other. I gotta know, I know you're a music guy. Who is it? John Lennon or Paul McCartney? 
I have an answer that I've had my entire life. This is a really tough one for me. Um, and before I go ahead and say it, my kids who are nine and 11, they all have Beatles stuff. My yeah. son is addicted to the Beatles. He, he knows everything about them. Um, and my daughter's has a Sergeant Pepper jacket or a sweatshirt. I mean, the be the Beatles stuff's really cool. You do have cool kids. And, uh, so, you know, dress them in a, a Beatles onesie. That's really awesome. Um, I am a Paul guy. I've okay. always been, um, basically cause I was exposed to him more, but I will never forget. I listened to Howard. I don't know why I was awake because I was like eight, but I listened to Howard Cosell during that, uh, Monday night football dolphins Patriots game announce his death. And I remember just feeling numb and, uh, but, uh, more and more, I mean, I love a lot of uh, John Solo stuff, but for me, I'm a Paul guy. Well, and that's that's the thing. I'm, I'm the same. I'm a Paul McCartney guy. My dad liked Paul McCartney, but because Paul McCartney had such a – he was so successful as a solo artist with Wings, and even as a solo artist, uh, he just had so many hits outside of the Beatles. But John Lennon's life was taken so early that you don't know what he would have done had he had the longevity – of Paul McCartney. Here's what's interesting for me is as a young kid, I listened to the Beatles with my dad all the time and he loved the Beatles and he listened to them nonstop. And I listened to wings over the wingspan and wings over America, all those great albums. Um, and I wasn't until I learned how to, I taught myself how to play the guitar and my brother and my sister-in-law got me. There's two really thick books that are like the Beatles catalog of them. every song has guitar tabs, all that stuff. And I was just leafing through and I had no idea how many songs. Like I always thought that Paul was the overall mastermind of the Beatles. But no, they were two parts of the brain and it was even John and Paul. I mean, every song except for a few George Harrison uh, tracks are just it's all John and Paul. Like, And then you think about the lyrics. And sometimes as a kid, I didn't realize that a lot of the songs I loved the most were actually John singing and not Paul. Um, you just don't realize the difference as a young child. I have a ton of respect for John Lennon and what he did and what he stood for and technically what he died for. Um, but at the same time, I'm with you. I'm a Paul McCartney guy. So those are my either ors. Not to get too off on a tangent there, Brian. The table is now, or the, I'm sure the soapbox is now yours. You know, real quick, I, that's a 1A, 1B situation because I love them both. But when you're talking about the Beatles and their edge, they got their edge from John Lennon. And I really love that about him, too. Um, you know what? Something you brought up actually leads into my next question. It's your playing of the guitar. Mm. And so you are around the campfire mm -hmm. and you have the guitar and yes. you have one last song to go ahead and have everybody just sing along to and just feel completely at ease before you wrap things up. And there's two songs I'm going to give you, just a choice of these two. Is it the Eagles, Peaceful, Easy Feeling? Or is it Drift Away by Dobie Gray? Or if you want to say Uncle Cracker, you can. But for, for me, it's Dobie Gray. <laughs> Well, considering I don't know, I, I do play the guitar. I do sing. Um, considering I don't know the the Dobie Gray song, but I do know the "Peaceful Easy Feeling" by the Eagles. And not that it even matters. I would always go with the Eagles because <laughs> I love the Eagles. Um, I would go. I hate Eagles. to do this. I 
I really hate to do this, but I know you know this song. No, no, I know this song. Give me I don't the know beat, how... boys, no, 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 and free no, 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 no. my soul. I don't they know they to... sound the same. I don't know how to play this song. I've never played it on the guitar. Okay. So you, in in oh, your situation. Okay. You no, 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 I know this song. Trust me. Uncle Cracker ruined the song. But I'm saying that the Eagles, for me, are like, if the Beatles are here with my dad growing up, the Eagles are right here. When Glenn Fry died, I was... I was down for a while. Like oh, I, I, was I was crushed. Really sad because I love Glenn Fry. He was my favorite. And uh so yeah, there you go. That's who I would take, the Eagles. You know what? I I almost want to pull an audible here, but I'm not. I uh we'll have to do this another time because I'd love to do Don Henley Glenn Fry, because I'm a big Don Henley fan too, but we're not gonna do that. Well, so, no, let's um, do it. Let's. Uh, you got me thinking about it now. I mean, solo. But I, not... I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to lose my next one though. So you got to give me three then. That's fine. But, um, solo artist Don Henley wipes the floor with Glenn Fry. It's not that Glenn Fry didn't have his hits as a solo artist, but Don Henley. I mean, my gosh. I mean, he had so many good songs by himself. Whether it's the Boys of Summer, the End of Innocence, all. So many good songs, and that makes it really tough. I love, of course, my favorite is Boys of Summer, yes. but I love The Last Worthless Evening. Yes, very. You know, the thing is about Glenn Fry is I like his voice better. And so the Eagles tracks that he is the singer, I just, they're just so smooth. It's just so nice, so good. He had such a good voice. Um, but that's a, that might be tougher than Paul and John. Believe it or not, I really if you're an, if you're an Eagles fan, go. I don't either. <laughs> and I'm a huge Eagles fan because I like Don. It, I like what I like what Glenn brought to the Eagles more, but Don Henley as a solo artist was so much better. I w I would have to say that um, you know the, that might be a cop out, but let's just do that. I would say if we're talking the Eagles, I am going Glenn Fry. If we're talking solo, I'm going Don Henley. I agree 100. percent All right, go on to your next one. <laughs> Okay, you are building your all-time fictional football team, and you need a quarterback. Are you going the high school route? Are you going to West Canaan, Texas, and oh, going boy. John Moxon? Or are you going to the pros, the replacements? Are you going to Shane Falco? Oh, this is a no-brainer for me. No-brainer. Didn't have to think twice. I'm going with the West Canaan Coyote quarterback, Jonathan Moxon. Kilmer's Coyotes. I mean, you think about what he did to that community. I mean, you think about how many lives he changed. I mean, he was <laughs> he was just accepted into Brown. And you know what? When Kilmer threatened to get his scholarship revoked. <laughs> He absolutely, oh, really he absolutely said, stick it to the man and let's just go out. You know, Kilmer always says 60 minutes. But I, I love that movie. Varsity Blues is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I've never been a big replacement fan, even though it was filmed in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, but it's still for me, it's like, oh, Johnny Moxon, man. He's the one that did the the, the oop-de-oop to, to Billy Bob and... I think it's funny. My my wife and I always joke about the scene when they kick Kilmer out. Okay. And so they come back on the field and Lance Harbors, the offensive coordinator on crutches 
and they <laughs> he overloads one side, and you see these people, the the fans that are in the stands, like how many receivers they have. Once this, I'm thinking, well, shoot, it's just like a four wide receiver set. Like teams do that all the time now. <laughs> it's just how the game has changed, I guess. But no, Johnny Moxon, man, that's who I would take. What are, who are you taking? <laughs> you know what? For me, I, I love Varsity Blues. I saw it in the theater. I, I'm i a huge Scott Kahn fan. I love Tweeter. I love Scott Kahn in the new Hawaii 5.0. I loved him when he was on Entourage for a little bit. He's just great. And I've, I have no problem with Vanderbeek. But for me, let me just give you one quote. I wish I could say something classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever. Shane Falco, Washington uh, Sentinels. Geez, Washington. <laughs> right there. Okay, well, I'm, you got three. I'm going to ask you one that's a spinoff of this one. And that is better high school football right. movie, better high school football movie, Varsity Blues, or Friday Night Lights. Because Friday Night Lights is a true story. Wow. It was it was dramatized. Keep that in mind. But at the same time, that was a very good movie as well. Booby you Miles, um... Booby, Boo- you want to win? Let Booby spin. Put me in, coach. Well, you know what? I read the book way before, and I'm not one of those book guys, all right? But those guys, the way I talk about the show Stranger Things with those kids being the same age as I was back in 1983, these guys were seniors in high school when I was a senior in high school. So it's really cool. And I read the book um, maybe about a year or two after it came out. I always loved Friday Friday Night Lights with H.T. Bissinger, who wrote the book. Um, The movie was good. But for me, I, I kind of would go Varsity Blues. I mean, look, you don't, in Varsity Blues, I mean, you don't have Booby. Booby is just great. He's awesome. And But you don't have you don't have Tim McGraw getting drunk and beating you up either. Yeah. But if you, if you go to the other side, you go to Friday Night Lights, you get a whipped cream bikini. And that's all you got to say for me. Now, that's a fun movie. That was... That's the thing. Varsity Blues was just pure fun. And there was, if you count Billy Bob on a football field with a shotgun shooting his old football trophies as like the dark moment of the movie, then it's not that bad. But there were some, Friday Night Lights was much more realistic. Um, some might like that. I, it, when I was in college, my fraternity, I don't know why we did this, but for two years, it was almost like every other Friday night or every Friday night, we would probably watch Varsity Blues like right after dinner before we all went out. And I just love that movie. Love it. I, I love everything about it. I think it's awesome. Um, it, that's a generational movie. You talk to young kids today, they've never even seen it. Some of them never even heard of it. It's a generational movie. I am um, shocked. And it's it's phenomenal. Love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, and then, you know, remember that someone just threw in Remember the Titans. Whoa, now we're getting into some deep stuff. Yeah, and I we could we could always talk Remember the Titans. I'll give you two real quick because my all-time favorite high school movie, a little biased because it was filmed in my hometown. I was at the game, but 1983's All the Right Moves with Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise. Fantastic 
sports movie. Really good uh, quarterback. A really good football movie. And uh, here's here's a movie that you probably, I'm sure you never heard of. It came out in 1985. It's called The Best of Times with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell was the quarterback, Reno Hightower. And if you watch this movie, you, <laughs> you would just lose yourself in fun for an hour and a half. It's that, it's that fun. <laughs> so, well, Hey, that, they're all good in their own way. And so we'll keep it at that. But you know what? I think this is a good way to end the show. Um, I appreciate your time, Brian. And next week, it'll be just uh, the OG and myself again. Dave Schofield's still out there. I don't know, trying to catch some clams or something like that down in Florida. But anyways, we'll be back next week for another Steelers preview. I'm sure we'll have some drama to talk about between now and then. We'll talk about the scouting combine. We might talk about the inside linebackers for a second week in a row like we did the outside linebackers, but you know what? It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So with that said, make sure you check us out on YouTube by searching BTSE Steelers Radio on YouTube search engine, or you can listen to us in any place you find podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, you name it, Spotify, just search Steelers. We'll be one of the first options. Look for the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com logo. And as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, that's your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers Preview.